This is Control Structure, Episode 12, Pterodactyl Day, for February 5th, 2013, with your hosts, Andrew Bailey and Chris Thompson. And now, once about every apocalypse. Did you have a good week? Yeah, a uh, big week. Uh, how about you? Uh, small week, nothing too exciting. So let's hear about your week. Oh, uh, well, stuff happened. Uh, let's That's see. typically a good sign. Well, a lot of snow fell. You catch snow? Yeah, there's like, uh, four inches or so out there right now. Not bad. We probably got two or three inches here. Though I heard Utah got about one to two feet. That's it? We're talking in the valleys, not the mountains. Oh. Wow, that's a lot. Yep. So, I'm guessing from those totals, like, the mountains got maybe... 30 feet? Uh, probably not that much, but probably 5 to 10. That's uh, my guess. Yeah, because I always remember being out at Newmont, and, uh, you know, whenever we would get, like, th- 3 inches or so, there'd be, you know, everyone would say, it's like, oh, the mountain's got 12 feet! <laughs> hmm. So, of course, it would... You know, because that's, you know, lake effect snow, it heavily depends on what direction the winds are blowing. Correct. So, yeah, I heard that there was a uh, big game uh, this past Sunday. I heard that, too, on Monday, that there was a big game on Sunday. Yeah, uh, and I just want everyone to know that I am dedicated to sports. In fact, I'm so dedicated, I slept through the entire thing. Hmm. Well, I I heard that you probably didn't miss much. They had a... A blackout, a, I hear. A 35-minute blackout. Yeah. So... And well. I guess apparently not a lot of advertisement ran during that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean, like, actually they're on the field or on TV? On TV. Hmm. Uh, well, you know, generally the uh, teams that are playing I generally don't care for, uh, because being from Central Ohio, I have no opinion on professional sports of, in- of any kind. Uh, that said, beat Michigan. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, of course, uh... <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, the Steelers uh, weren't in there, so no one around here was upset or excited or rioted. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because I uh, remember back in Columbus, uh, I forget what year it was, but uh, OSU won against Michigan, and there was a riot in Columbus. Huh. What, what, what kind of a riot? Um, Cars flipping over and burning? Yep, and uh, 
oh, that dude has a couch on his porch. Let's uh, take it out here and throw it on that burning car, too. <laughs> so uh, that, 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 that kind of reminds me of something that happened back at my high school. I, I personally didn't see it, but it happened like the year before I joined. There was a pep, kind of a pep rally for homecoming, and 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 they decided to light a car on fire and push it off of a cliff. So so they lit the car on fire, but it got too hot that they couldn't push it. <laughs> so so some guy got got his brand new truck and was trying to push it over the edge. The car hooked on and caught his truck on fire. Uh oh. Remember, this is a brand new truck. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, needless to say. <laughs> Lost the truck too, huh? Lost the truck too. <laughs> but did, but and, did any of them go over the cliff? No. The Aww. fire department had to come over and put it out. <laughs> I mean, it would be really messed up if the truck went over the cliff, but the car didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and of course if karma really wanted to mess with someone yep so mm-hmm. yeah i heard you started listening to 8-bit yes i did and that first intro was just awesome i forget which episode it was but episode 21 maybe starts off well, I was taking a poop, and it looked like the collector ship from Mass Effect. <laughs> well, that was a crappy story. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, made my night. Well, that is the in- innuendo show. So, <laughs> so yeah, I've been on there twice or so, and it seems like you might be in an upcoming episode. Yeah. I hopefully will be in an upcoming episode. We'll we'll see how that goes as they haven't gotten anything out lately. Yeah, hopefully it'll be uh, you know, more recent than uh say the universe. <laughs> hey, the universe. <laughs> what was the last time they actually did an episode? It was December 31st. Hmm. So, but the episode before that was in September. Okay, so about a trend of every three months. Yeah, once about every apocalypse, I say. <laughs> so interesting. Well, in other news, I actually got my site up and running, ctnightmare.com. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I went and renewed both of my site's domain this last weekend okay. and decided to go ahead and get the tw- $1 for 12 months build the site deal and just get it up posted. Yep. I uh, believe that uh, Ryan was talking about that on uh, the late, the last fringe. So, mm. so yeah, I uh, hear you like Assassin's Creed too. Yes, I did like Assassin's Creed. I actually deleted it from my computer, and guess what it said? Yeah, you had a lot of gigs free. Yep, it said deleting 6.66 gigabytes. So, yeah, that's still not the number of the beast. Nope. But, uh, yeah, there are... I'm not sure why you said that other than 
that number. Uh, but like rage is about twenty gigabytes or so. Yep. Well, the, the, what's so significant about 666 is it's supposed to mean the devil. <laughs> yeah, but it's supposed to be 666, not, yeah, just, not just a sequence of three sixes. Like, people, this, that, that, that's this, typically what it is nowadays. Yeah, because like, people go around purposely finding like a sequence of three sixes. No, that's not a number of the beast. That's three numbers. Yep. Which are far lower than the actual number of the beast. Yeah, but if you if you consider this in actuality a bytes, we're talking six billion or a million. Something like that. Which one. <laughs> so rage was twenty gigs? Uh yeah, in fact, uh I went and checked in my Steam folder and rage is like twenty one point six or so. Geez, that much for a horrible, glitchy game? Obviously. Huh. Uh, but uh, most of that is the uh, mega textures. Um, apparently, there's no repeating textures anywhere in that game. Really? Yeah. Um, it's not that I really noticed it that much. I mean, I guess it's just there for marketing purposes, maybe. But, uh, you know... That really doesn't increase the realism that much, because, you know, say you have a factory, it'd be sort of worthless to have everything coming out of a factory look, you know, uh, exactly the same. Or, well, it would be okay, but, you know, like, even, like, several years after an apocalypse, you know, things sort of look the same that came from the same factory and stuff. I'm sure, like, the dirt grit over them would be different. Hmm. You mean kind of like Fallout 3 New Cola? Yes. So... Uh, I need to load up that game again sometime. So, you know, it's, it's... You know, you can have repeating textures in a game, that's fine. It's just, you know, make it unique enough so that's not noticeable. Mm-hmm. So, so, anyways, uh, uh, you know how I'm always saying uh, podcats? Yep. So, uh, I actually borrowed that off of the Escapist podcat, and it looks like they actually uh, updated their uh, their album art to actually have a cat in it. <laughs> Interesting. Right there in the logo. Yep. So that's pretty sweet. Yep. I find it kind of ironic how the title is Electric Art, Dead Space 3, and Puppies. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I think they started calling it the Podcat uh, shortly before their former editor-in-chief left. So, like, they were talking about what he was going to be, you know, doing in retirement, and it's like, oh, you're just going to sit around and do the podcat? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, he had mentioned that he had some cats. Hmm, so, interesting. So, normally we don't cover gaming news, uh, but sometimes we just like to include it just because it's awesome. Um, so, you know EVE Online, right? 
I do know EVE Online. I played it for about a year. Yeah, and it's essentially this huge space MMO game. So, uh, it's quite interesting in that it's, uh, uh, I don't know, it might be like the most realistic social simulation. Um, sort of. Because, uh, like, there's an actual real economy going on, and you can exchange back and forth between real money. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, back to the story. So, sometime uh, last week, uh, there were two alliances uh, that essentially had a monopoly on this one element that you needed to have in order to make really huge ships out of. Uh, so... There were, uh, I believe it's the Honey Badgers, uh, are essentially composed of people from, like, the, uh, subreddit. Uh, I think it's, like, uh, just testing, please ignore subreddit. Um, and the other one was the Cluster Coalition, uh, which is mostly composed of the Goon Squad out of the Something Awful forums. <laughs> and they, together they sort of held a monopoly on this, uh, element, and uh, they essentially agreed to a cold war that where the it, their infrastructure was off limits to be destroyed, but the ships were fair game. So I'm not sure how long this lasted, but uh, or even it if it's says a couple hours um, or even uh, if it's still in effect. But uh, so last week uh, there was a click that will live in infamy. Uh, in that uh, one of the titans from the Cluster Coalition uh, managed to warp... Uh, he wanted to warp in uh, reinforcements to go attack the uh, enemy fleet, but he managed to warp in himself instead. So they began to, to attack him, and he called for reinforcements, uh, but by the time the reinforcements got there, Everyone was calling for reinforcements. <laughs> and apparently EVE Online has this mechanism to combat lag that essentially slows down the in-game time, uh, but only for that system. So uh, that meant that in real time, uh, people could get there faster, which meant more ships there to slow it back down again. <laughs> did did they say how slow it got? Uh, maybe, but that's not important. Uh, what is important is that the Honey Badgers eventually won, uh, dealing heavy damage to the Cluster Coalition. Um, and there's plenty of screenshots here that it ended up in being a, uh, let's see, involving 3,000 players. Mm -hmm. uh, were involved, you know, thousands of ships here. And uh, when the dust settled, uh, some 700 billion ISK uh, worth of property was destroyed, uh, ISK being the uh, virtual in-game currency. Uh, mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, it can be traded in for, like, some other virtual currency, uh, uh, which has an exchange rate with uh, U.S. dollars, uh, so somewhere around $23,000 worth of virtual property was destroyed in this one battle. Wow. Huh. 
Well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, according to Graham of Loading Ready Run, uh, he says that sociologists, uh, he would be surprised if sociologists weren't studying this game. Um, which uh, they probably are. Um, but I also remember back a few years ago when World of Warcraft had a disease going around uh, that, you know, pretty, I... it pretty much uh, forced everyone to stay indoors. I did hear about the disease. That was that was actually really cool. It actually made a few just kind of um, news articles and documentaries on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so not only did, like, the virtual players have a bug, it was actually a bug in the game that it wasn't actually supposed to do that much. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, well, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Did you hear about the corduroy pillow? The what? The corduroy pillow. I have not. Uh, yeah, I hear it's making headlines. Hmm. So, uh, in uh, a follow-up from last week, um, so apparently Dell has gone private in a deal worth 24.4 Instagrams. How much is an Instagram? One billion dollars. That what they're calling it nowadays. That's <laughs> that's what I'm calling it nowadays. <laughs> so uh, Dell is no longer a privately held company, um, or at least uh, will uh, soon not be. Uh, I it doesn't mention that the deal has actually closed, but. Uh, it looks like it's uh, imminent. So, this uh, has plenty of implications uh, in that, uh, in fact, just uh, coming home, I uh, heard on NPR a report about when companies go private, uh, like what happens, like especially to their R&D. And uh, as it turns out, their R&D becomes more effective when... Uh, a company goes private because managers aren't so focused on meeting quarterly earnings. Hmm, interesting. So, and uh, innovation is kind of what uh, Dell needs right now. If True. they, they want to, you know, still be on top of their game. 
Mm. So, it also looks like they took a $2 billion loan from Microsoft. They did. Um, but apparently Microsoft isn't uh, buying a, uh, are not buying any kind of shares. It's just a loan. Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, like, I'm not exactly sure how this will work out. And, uh, you know, you know, apparently Dell is going into uh, quite a bit of debt to do this. Oh, don't, don't they have to pay, pay out all the shares? Uh, to the current public uh, shareholders, they do. <gasps> but, uh, you know, some big uh, investments... Uh, investment uh, companies are definitely involved with this. Hmm, interesting. Well, so, um, so you heard about Firefox and Chrome. I have heard about Firefox and Chrome. Um, have you heard of, uh, WebRTC? I have, as of two minutes ago. <laughs> hey, that's better than not knowing about it. Uh, RTC yep. stands for Real-Time Communication. So it's essentially what we're doing now over Skype, um, except that now the uh, capabilities to do this are being built into browsers themselves. Uh, and uh, cool. Uh, recently, uh, with the Chrome 25 beta and the Firefox 21 nightly builds, that uh, they can interoperate with each other. That's really nice. It is. Hello, Chrome. It's Firefox calling. Hello, Hello Firefox. Firefox. This is Chrome calling. <laughs> so, so they uh, released their respective blog posts about this. Huh. Well, at least it seems like Chrome and Firefox are getting along together. In any any news on Microsoft IE and their newly owned Skype company? <laughs> um. Not really, not out of this anyway. Hmm. So, yep, it's uh, a great thing. Hmm. Well, speaking of Chrome, have you heard of the new Google project? Uh, Google does tons of projects. Okay, more specifically, glass. Oh, yeah, it's like their glasses and stuff? Yep. They're starting to computerize the eyeglasses. Yeah, I've Which heard is of... just what we need. Yep. Another distraction. So, yeah, I've heard about this, and uh, it seems like it's now going through FCC approval. It is going through FCC approval, and, and they have asked FCC to keep it, uh, keep the, I forget what, the, the structure of it a secret until, so, so, because apparently there's, like, Dozens of other companies trying to do this, including no Apple. Well, yeah, of course, Apple. It's the gadget company. Yep. So, this would be really cool when they get this, because how will we be able to use this? I'm not sure. Hmm. Either way, it'll cost hundreds of dollars, if not thousands. I wonder if it's covered by my... Vision insurance. <laughs> well, in that case, it might be one Instagram worth. 
Eh, I'll, I'll pay $25. The insurance companies can pay the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as it turns out, uh, Amazon, uh, shifting gears here a little bit, uh, Amazon suffered an outage for about an hour. Huh. Uh, at least... That's- at least the uh, front page worth. That's odd. Yeah. I thought companies were, had no outages. Uh, some don't. Uh, but apparently a few other places on Amazon was functioning just fine. Uh, the thing was you just couldn't get to the home page. Mm, well, that's good. So, it's always a good idea not to have a single point of failure. So, and... Uh, I'm not sure what exactly caused this or even if they've uh, figured it out, uh, but uh, due to Amazon's uh, sales volume, they lost an almost $5 million because of this. Huh, $5 million in one hour. <laughs> hey, this is uh, big business here. Yep. Which, this, this kind of reminds me of the XKCD, Devotion to Duty. Uh, number 705. Yes. Do, do you want to read it out, or...? Uh, you take the first one, I'll be the other guy. Alright. We took the hostages, secured the building, and cut the communications lines like you said. <laughs> Excellent. But then this guy climbed up the ventilation duct and walked, walked across broken glass, killing anyone we sent to stop him. And he rescued the hostages? No, he ignored them. He just reconnected the cables we cut, muttering something about uptime. Ah, shit, we're dealing with a sysadmin! <laughs> After this, I kind of wonder, I don't, I don't, well, I don't recall seeing any hostage situations out by Amazon lately. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the, uh, the alt te- text for this is the weird sense of duty uh, really good cis admins have uh, can border on sociopathic, but it's nice to know that it stands between the forces of darkness and your cat's blog servers. <laughs> and uh, uh, let's see, I believe there's uh, even a shirt for this one too. I believe there is a shirt. There is also an extended one that actually shows the sysadmin. Yeah. Through. Yeah, like walking yep. across glass and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyways. So I heard that Twitter was hacked a little bit. Yep. It was hacked. 250k users may be at risk. I love how they always use the word may. <laughs> well, we're not exactly sure. Yep. But can you guess why they were hacked? Or how or how they were hacked? Hmm. Probably some sort of scripting attack. Yep. It was due to the Oracle Java. Hmm. So, now granted... You know, I program in Java. I kind of like Java, but there's always problems with uh, Java applets. And the Java that I use is Java that sits on servers and like actually runs servers and spits out web pages themselves and doesn't even touch the uh, client side. Mm. That's cool. 
So, yeah, I finally found the back of that one shirt. Really? Mm-hmm. Let's go look at it. Yep, that's the one I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh... Devotion to duty. Uh, in other news, I will not be downloading your app because it's stupid. This whole idea of downloading an app for every little news organization and website and stuff is kind of stupid and... It's, 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 it's going overboard. Yes, you could say that. Um, no, it, it is going overboard. There's too many apps out there for every ridiculous little thing. Yeah, uh, and uh, making the, you know, the whole th overhead of getting it, installing it, uh, using it, trying to figure out how to work the thing, uh, it's really hostile to user experience. Uh, whereas if you just decided to use the web instead, you just open a browser, go to the website, either by typing it into an address bar or, excuse me, adding, you know, asking Google, and suddenly you're there. I mean, mm -hmm. what could possibly be easier? Yep. Not installing the iPhone app, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Or the Android, for that matter. So... And then uh, Ryan uh, decided to be uh, a little bit sarcastic here and says, Introducing the Nexus.tv app for Android and iOS. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently people love their apps. And if we did, we might actually get more listeners. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> so... Well We'll see. It, so, so when do we expect this app to be up and running? Uh, probably by the time the next universe episode gets released. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. What's the next scheduled apocalypse? Uh, I'll have to uh, consult uh, my doomsday calendar. <laughs> See, we uh, already had one back in December, so, and like that, we were sort of looking forward to that for years, so I think we might be good for a while. Yeah, and I, and I find it interesting how we were all looking forward to our doom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of rioting news, I didn't see a lot of just strange news like... Oh, half the town bomb, bomb raided this Walmart, or or see. or pterodactyls rose out of the ground. That would have been pretty cool. It would. Yes, that 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 we could strap harnesses to them and ride them. Yep. Um, it would also make for some really good reality television. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> yeah. Okay, pterodactyl day. Good luck. <laughs> yep. Don't feed the pterodactyls. <laughs> well, the ah. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, some idiot decided to implement DRM by stopping people from copying and pasting things on his website. 
Yeah, so it looks like I'm uh, guilty of violating the DMCA on this because I can select stuff on his webpage and I can paste it. <laughs> so how is he going to track you down? I'm not sure because I'm not using JavaScript on this website. So That's good. So thank you, NoScript. <laughs> I've actually enabled NoScript on my computer recently. See, so, no. There's this, this one site that I'm not sure what it does, but I used to use it with Script, and it never popped a single ad up. Ever since I've turned it off, every time I click on it, it pops up an ad. Uh, with the NoScript off, it pops up an ad? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what disabling it will do. Huh. Or enabling it or something. Like, if you're not running the scripts, you see a lot less ads. Hmm. Interesting. Ad, ad amount still looks the same, but... Yep. Could be doing it wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> so, uh, have you ever wondered how data gets between continents? I actually do know about this. They go through sub 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 transit. Ah, screw the word. Um, they go through data. They go through fiber optics ac across the ocean. They do. I actually saw a documentary on this when I was a kid, and yeah. they were first implementing this. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure when they switched over to. Uh fiber optics from whatever they had before. Uh, but uh, it seems that there is now a map of at least the major uh, undersea cables hmm. at uh, telegeography.com. Interesting. I noticed there isn't one that goes to Hawaii. Uh, there's quite a few that go to Hawaii. Well, not... Oh, wait, I'm looking at... Uh, I'm not sure what... I'm looking at right off Peru... Hmm. Well, like, one thing for sure, my map skills aren't that good. So, and, uh, I kind of like this, uh, this style of map because it sort of looks sort of oldish. Well, you, 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 you can buy it for $250. Yeah. And have a, a nice, uh, poster on your wall, I guess. Yep. What's that other? <laughs> so, uh, like, if you remember uh, several years ago that, uh, uh, like, around the Middle East, that uh, a lot of cables were being cut. And uh, you can see, like, a lot of cables in the Mediterranean, like, especially around Egypt and the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, there's a lot of cables packed in, like, a really small area. Uh, mm -hmm. whereas going across the Atlantic, you have, like, all this, uh, extra space. True. Well, a lot of these internal cables probably connect to a central point and then goes out. Uh, well, uh, the, perhaps. I, I have a question. How do they deal with the, um, Earth continually pulling apart? Uh, well, I guess they uh, lay down a lot of spare cable, like, right in the middle of the ocean, mm. I guess. 
And what happens if a shark accidentally bites it or something? Uh, well, the shark will probably get electrocuted. Hmm. Yeah, even even though this is a fiber optic cable, there still has to be like amplifiers every fifty miles or so. Mm. So there needs to be power uh, being you know along with that cable. So, Interesting. And uh, I forget where I was reading this, but uh, uh, like they actually have to do something to the cable, uh, otherwise sharks will be attracted to it. Because <laughs> apparently sharks see the infrared or like somehow detect the fields around the cable uh, because of that well, electric current. Sh- sh- sharks do hunt by electric currents in the water and by go. smell. There you go. So, 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 so these cables sit kind of f- close towards the top of the water, may- maybe fifty miles under or something. Uh, no, they. Miles. They they lie on the sea bed itself. I'm guessing. Uh, then I, man, I, I'm I'm thinking every worst possible case a a volcano happens, all the wires <laughs> melt. Well, uh, hopefully there's another cable that can uh, provide some sort of redundancy. Yes, but if you if you look right at Brazil, it all comes to a central point, and then it goes back out. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, still, you know, hopefully there might be, you know, plenty of horizontal separation there. Correct. So, I mean, uh, unless you're living in, like, French Polynesia, which only has <laughs> one cable going to it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. At least Greenland, uh, you know, is a little bit more redundant because there's, you know, data can go... East or west. True. So, anyways, uh, speaking of fiber optic cables and stuff, um, if you pull up scene.org, uh, that'll definitely uh, go under the ocean uh, because it's uh, based over in Germany, I think. Uh, but, uh, anyways, uh, scene.org is, a, uh, is one of the key... Uh, websites for what is called the demo scene. Uh, so the demo scene is a whole bunch of guys in, uh, you know, in these groups, and they make these pieces of real-time art, uh, you know, essentially on computers, uh, several platforms, actually, and they get together and, you know, have a party. Uh, and uh, scene.org has been uh, choosing awards for uh, I think over the past 10 years, actually. And they have uh, recently announced that there will be no more Scene.org awards. Really? Yeah. I I, I thought they were cl- not closing down the site, but they'll no longer be doing the site. Uh, there will be no more awards, but the website will s- remain up to, uh, you know, simply show the past... Uh, uh, winners and uh, nominees. Okay. What? Why? Why are they not doing any more awards? Ah, uh, let's see. It doesn't really say. Maybe they just got tired. I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Well. But, I'll, I'll I'll have to go check it out sometime. Yep. 
It's not like it's going to uh, change or anything. So, uh, speaking of the demo scene, uh, they uh, you know tend to use all sorts of technologies and stuff. You know, not only do they use you know good old PCs, uh, they also you know do use a lot of older platforms like Commodore sixty fours and stuff, and uh, even more recent Commodore sixty four. Yeah. Um. So. And they've also been, you know, exploring more recent uh, developments uh, like JavaScript and uh, WebGL. And I have a few reasons here about uh, why you should be using WebGL. Why is that? Uh, essentially because it's more portable. Um, and it's uh, far, uh, far easier to deploy and, like, make sure everything's up to date. You mean, like, Java? Uh, yeah. Or just the effort of pushing out, say, an installer. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, versus, you know, compared to other APIs uh, and runtimes, uh, like, for instance, DirectX, uh, Flash, or even Unity. Interesting. Yep. So I see Speaking your of- I see your cat has uh jumped back up. Yes, she has. She's she feels like she's being ignored. Speaking of DirectX, have you heard what Microsoft has discontinued? Uh something about DirectX, uh like XNA. Yes, they're discontinuing XNA. Do you remember what XNA stands for? Uh, Extreme Nano Architecture? Nope. <laughs> XNA not acronymed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is now. Yep. I always hate acronyms that are, like, self-denying like that. Yep. <laughs> not only that, it's recursive. True. So, I mean, it could very well have been DNA. Oh, that would have been a... I don't know. So what do you use to code your game? DNA? (laughs) Which kind? Humans? (laughs) Well, that that might not be such a laughing matter too much longer, because there is research going on into DNA computing. So... Really? Yeah. Huh. So unfortunately, I don't have a story here about it, but uh, like I read an article recently. <laughs> I read an article recently on Ars Technica that uh, like they've actually stored. I'm not sure how many bits on a string of DNA. Like a living DNA. Uh, I think it's actually actually was synthetic. Okay, but we're not talking about that right now. Uh, we're talking yep. about XNA. Um, so I recall that, uh, we, uh, did a few things in XNA. Yes, we did. We took a class and we built a game, if I'm not mistaken. I forget what the game did, though. Me too. Oh, well. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, mostly, uh, like we, somehow we were mostly stuck on 2D and sprites and stuff. Um, yeah. 
and the guy who had taught the class before, you know, he's like, oh man, you're not on 3D yet. Um, but uh, 3D was uh, uh, went very easy for me, uh, unlike a lot of other people in the class, because I had actually, you know, toyed around with OpenGL before. <laughs> yep, you 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 were ahead on the 3G. Everybody else was still stuck on 2D. <laughs> well, I was. Uh, uh, let's see. I actually was toying around with 3D before I knew what like trees were in stacks. Hmm. Ironically, I was using a stack, but I wasn't. I totally did not have a clue about what it was in memory. Okay. So, mm. anyways, uh, so the real Eric Schmidt, and uh, not our troll, is uh, looking for seven things uh, in the future. Uh, this is uh, from his book. Um, uh, for example, a, a nominity, or I'm pretty sure I slaughtered the pronunciation, but uh, like the whole <laughs> idea of being hidden. Um, so, uh, and then there's search engines, um, like, uh, especially, uh, uh, tying into the anonymous idea, excuse me, and, uh, another, uh, thing, uh, electronic conflict, which you can argue is already being, uh, waged right now, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the next, uh, EU, as he calls it. But uh, he states in the point of, uh, like, uh, author authoritarian states, uh, like North Korea and uh, Zimbabwe, for example. Uh, like, they might join together uh, in a sort of uh, cyber union. Um, hmm. See, then he uh, notes changes on uh, journalism, uh, especially having more uh, actors involved and connected. So and uh, interesting. I'm not sure why he says Twitter as one of his points here. Uh, Twitter can no more produce analysis than a monkey can type out a work of Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm guess he's talking a real monkey and not a metaphorical monkey. I don't know. There's a lot of monkeys out there typing stuff into Twitter, uh, especially monkeys with smartphones. Yet. Uh, uh, well, he also makes points on tech companies. Yep. And anything specific? Um, that they'll. I'm sorry. I'm just reading this. Um, they'll they'll have to start hiring more lawyers because they'll be coming under attack. Uh, yeah. From, with uh, patents and IP issues and stuff. Yep. And how and litigation is always, always faster than legislative reform. Correct. Elect electronic conflicts. That that pretty much ties into the first one. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, wait, you went through that of order. Yep, I skipped oh, well. around a little bit. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of journalism, uh, IGN is now owned by Ziff Davis. So, who's he? Ziff Davis. It's a publishing company. 
so uh, IGN uh, was formerly owned by a news corporation, uh, the company that uh, owns Fox. Uh, apparently, it's uh, shedding a lot of its uh, digital uh, media properties. Uh, if you recall, not too long ago, they uh, uh, sold off MySpace. So, uh, the uh, sell-off of IGN also includes sites like 1UP, Ask, Ask Men, uh, UGO, and uh, GameSpy. Mm. GameSpy? Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, let's see, 1UP is, uh, I, re- I remember 1UP. Uh, apparently it was, uh, one of Ziff Davis's properties. Uh, but I remember it for the Brodio, uh, which is an old podcast. Uh, which, uh, sounded like it was a whole bunch of fun. Hmm. So, yep. Interesting. Have... Have you heard from Al Gore lately? Ah, well, something about the internet. Yep. And that the U.S. democracy has been hacked. You don't say. Yep. He he goes on saying that the U.S. democracy has been hacked by big business and needs to be reclaimed using the power of the internet to hold politicians accountable. To accountability. Yeah. You know, the uh, sad fact is, uh, you know, a lot of big corporations, since they are now declared as people, uh, can pump huge amounts of money into uh, politics. When had they been declared as people? Uh, I think it was uh, early 2011 that the Supreme Court ruled that... uh, like for for political purposes, corporations are people in in the areas of political speech. Uh, whereas you know, and they considered uh, political contributions a form of speech. Huh. Interesting. But you know what else I think politics need to do? They need to be more like NASCARs drivers. They wear what they what they get their contributions from <laughs> an oil company patch it on let's let's see you talk about greener environment yeah um hey that might actually be a new revenue stream for government yep <laughs> a c-span now brought to you by shell <laughs> <laughs> so but- but the internet is a very, very powerful tool, especially now that we, especially with the anonymous part. Yeah. Uh, you mean the uh, state of being anonymous or the group? The state of being anonymous. The group has done some benefits here and there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, geeks are apparently the new guardians of civil liberties. Um, this is... What's- wouldn't surprise me. Yes, uh, in fact, this article here sort of goes into uh, you know deeper explanation. Uh, you know, going back through the uh, SOPA blackout. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, even uh, mentions uh, you know about what happened to Aaron Schwartz a little bit. So, you know. Uh, you know, these other political movements that have happened, uh, 
in the past, it's now happening online too. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I I, th- I think this will definitely play a bigger. The internet will play a bigger part in our lives years to come. So. Yep. So uh, I wonder. I wonder what the next thing after the internet's going to be. Well, kind of hard to tell. I mean, you know, it might actually be here already. It's just really small and probably easily dismissed as well. Because, uh, you know, the internet actually got started back in the 60s with ARPANET. Correct. But, you know, like, I'm not sure if anyone saw it being as big as it is right now. So... (laughs) Uh, speaking of uh, big companies, uh, the Taliban of open source, uh, Richard Stallman, that is, uh, has a few ideas about fixing companies that are too big to fail. Too big to fail. <laughs> so that's an, that's an oxymoron term. Mm-hmm. So the uh, idea that he proposes here. Um, is that uh, antitrust law has effectively uh, been neutered as far as its uh, powers go, and that in order to uh, it sort of you know execute this law on a company, that a lawsuit has to be filed against it. Um, and the fact that you know, like a court ordering a company to split up into various uh, specific parts. Uh, might not be the best idea. Uh, instead, he proposes that uh, tax uh, bigger companies more as they grow bigger and uh, tax smaller companies much less so that there is actually a physical uh, motivation for companies to remain small. Is, is, is there any benefits to having a company remain small? Because take, take a look at Walmart. So, uh, like, the thing about Walmart is, you know, like, they have cheap stuff. Uh, so that draws people to Walmart and away from, you know, like, smaller uh, shops, you know, like mom and pa shops. Uh, but it also encourages the imports uh, from places like China. So, you know, people are complaining that they don't have any jobs. Well, they're making jobs in China by buying stuff at Walmart. Hmm. You got a fair point there. So so he's talking about like a variable rate sell tax system? Yes, a progressive tax. Hmm. That would be interesting. But I'm also thinking of the impact it would have. So, um, such as? Well, you, you, you got some companies that are, are very big and... If they split and one company fails, then there goes a whole bunch of jobs and then it has to start up again. True. Um, But uh, then in that particular market that failed, then there'd be all sorts of opportunity for their competitors to rush in and uh, claim that space. Mm -hmm. And then they get big and then they split. And then the process repeats, so, so it's, I, I don't see a lot of innovation. Well, I see a lot of innovation going on, but I see it short-term innovation. How can we get in, make the most money, and drop? So the, the idea here is that companies 
would know how to best split themselves up instead of the courts. Well, that's an unargumentable fact. So, and, uh, uh, like a big company can remain big, it will just be taxed more. Mm. And, uh, he uh, notes here that it will be on, uh, gross income instead of profits. That's a good idea. But, but then how would... Now, I'm just going to stop it there. I don't want to get too much into talking. I, I can go on and on about these kind of stuff. Yeah. So. so and it's it's an interesting idea. It does give, it, it, sh- it should be on growth income instead of profit because multinational companies can transfer it somewhere else. Yeah. And then say that their profits were not that high. Yep. So, and I think uh, Stallman, oh, oh, oh. Stallman actually touch on touches on that point as well. Mm. And and yeah, the it, it it probably would make more money for the government, but I don't think I don't think a law like this would ever get passed. Yep. So. Uh, anyways, uh, step back into technology for a bit. Um, so have you ever gone to, uh, websites and you see, uh, labels inside form fields? Labels inside of form fields? Yeah. Hmm. I would have to see an example to understand what you're talking about. Uh, well, this, uh, post here Uh, actually has one. I always thought they were a good idea, provided you click on it, it automatically deletes itself. Yes. Uh, but the ones, I, the ones I hate are the way you have to click it and highlight it and delete it. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, sort of. So, uh, like, especially with uh, no script, um, you know, sometimes I actually have to compensate for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, like what they're talking about here is instead of having labels above or beside a form field, it's actually within it. And, uh, uh, and, uh, especially notices that, uh, the HTML5 spec, uh, actually has a placeholder attribute that, uh, you know, actually does this automatically. It's right built into the spec and to all the browsers. Uh, without any need for JavaScript. That's cool. So, and, uh, you know, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, issues about this in that, you know, once, you know, for example, if, like, the email field itself has, like, email as this placeholder text and you start punching it in, afterwards, you know, how do you know, you know, what that field is for? Well, it looks like there's an email address in here, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, what was I supposed to put in it? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I think you should use the combination of two, have both the label and an example inside. Yes. Uh, for example, you know, further down here, uh, you know, there is, uh, for example, there's a field here called form title. And within the box, it has example Serenity. You mean film? Yeah, film title. What did I say? Form. <laughs> F O R M. 
Well, it's that's that might actually be better than fail title. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Serenity was an okay movie. I had a little bit of trouble getting into it. Um, I'm not a movie buff. Never seen it. But uh, it's, it's out there on Netflix. So, but weirdly enough, I've seen the movie Dark City. Dark City. Yeah. Um, apparently, it was the uh, sort of a, a precursor to, uh, or like a spiritual predecessor to uh, the Matrix. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. So, have you have you heard that we're getting a new type of currency? Oh no! What's this all about? Amazon is introducing Amazon coins. Oh no. Yes, oh no. That's what we need, more virtual currency. But coming in May, so three more months, Amazon Coins is a new virtual currency for purchasing apps, games, and in-app items on Kindle Fire. Hmm. So, uh, it sounds uh, quite similar to uh, Microsoft Points, you know, what you used on uh, Xbox Live. It is very, very similar to that. So, and I've always thought, what the point? Yeah, um, like apparently the point is to reduce uh, credit card transaction fees. Mm. Um, but other than that, it's I don't know. It's sort of a bad idea because, uh, like, suddenly, like you're giving you know a company this money. But you're not exactly getting uh, any value for it, uh, at least not until you actually go onto their service and claim it. Correct. So that's kind of why I don't like gift cards. Yeah, I mean, if you're just gonna do that, then why don't you just give them cash or write a check or something? Yep, I always give cash. So, and furthermore, it's you know locked in and tied down to this particular company. And Correct. and it's not like you can actually you know get the money back out of it. There are actually a few companies you can get the money back out of. So, but but one of the things that they're going to do to get this kick started is Amazon will give customers tens of million dollars worth of Amazon coins to use. So. Be on the lookout for free coins. Hmm. Suddenly, I feel like Mario. I want to go hit a block and get a coin. <laughs> Except it is always stars. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, and like I mentioned, that uh, it's eerily similar to Xbox Live, and the uh, the rumor is that Microsoft might actually be shutting it down. Uh, this was uh, some months ago, uh, back in October, uh, that it was found out that, uh, like on the video marketplace on Xbox Live, that you can actually buy using, you know, dollars and real money. Hmm. So. So, anyways, uh, uh, back into other news. Uh, it seems that uh, uh, BTRFS RAID 5 and 6 support has finally been committed to an experimental branch of the Linux kernel. 
Uh, I've been waiting for uh, this support to come for several years, like two years or so. Wait, five and six? What are those again? Uh, it's where you have three hard drives, uh, but only one is consumed for like a raid, or not a raid, a party partition, so that you can lose one of the three drives and still have your data. Hmm. I, I thought that was raid uh, one and zero or ten or something. Uh, except that you need to have at least four. Uh, mm. Raid 5 you can do with uh, three drives. Uh, raid 6 you need at least four because uh, two drives are then dedicated to the party. So you can lose two drives and still be okay. If, if, if you lose two drives in a single day, you're just having a bad day. Yeah. Shut, shut the computer down and go home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, the thing about 5 and 6 is is that you can add drives, uh, but the parity will stay only on that one or two drives. Uh, so, for example, if you have uh, RAID 6 and you have uh, 9 drives, you have the capacity of 7. Uh, Interesting. Uh, whereas uh, RAID 0 plus 1, uh, like exactly half or so of your drives will be consumed by redundancy. So, uh, and uh, BTRFS is uh, short for B-Tree file system. It's a, it's, I think it might actually still be the newest file system in the Linux kernel. Uh, that is you know, sort of the industrial strength uh, file system uh, that is uh, supposedly going to be the future of Linux file systems. Industrial strength? Yes. So, uh, especially this uh, feature called copy on write. So, like, if you change a file, a uh, an entire new copy of that file is written to the drive uh, somewhere completely different. Um... And it also has things like checkpoints, so that you can actually roll back to a previous state. Hmm. So, sounds, sounds, sounds like it's doing your backup for you. It, it essentially is. Uh, so with that copy on write, uh, it'll write the file to a completely new space on the drive, keeping that old one uh, for one of those previous versions. Hmm. As long as you clean them up, I guess that's okay. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, if you're uh, not really using a whole lot of your drive, it's, uh, you know, I guess it could be rather nifty. And you're not, you know, writing tons and gig of tons of gigabytes a day to it. Hmm. So, uh, another feature that uh, I think is proposed or might just be experimental, but someone stopped working on it. It's called deduplication. Uh, this is where the file system will recognize, hey, this file exists somewhere else on the drive. Um, I'll just point to that copy instead. Ooh. I could see bad things happening with that. Such like as? What happens if you go and delete that one file? 
then that one part in the directory tree will just be gone. The data on the disk will still be there and be pointed to from the other file. Okay. If you put it like that, then I could see it being useful. Though, um, backups. Such as? Well, if you, if, if you do, hopefully you don't, if you do your backups on the same drive. <laughs> yeah, but, uh. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of it as from an idiot perspective. <laughs> well, I mean, idiots are idiots. You can try to help them, but, I mean, that's sort of the, the uh, downfall of committee design. Mm-hmm. So, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well, de- deduplication really isn't uh, a huge thing for me. It would be nice, but I'm more interested in the uh, RAID 5 and 6 features. I, I could see deduplication being a little bit interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Especially for people who like downloading a lot of pictures from the internet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of storage, uh, I've uh, been looking around at uh, hard drive prices of late, and uh, they're sort of depressing. Uh, really? Yeah. In that uh, it seems like most drives, at least high-capacity drives, are still around 3 gigabytes or so, or 3 terabytes. Um, uh, four terabyte drives you can't really have under three hundred dollars or so, hmm. um, unless you buy external hard drives. Uh, in that case, they're about two hundred or so. Interesting. So, what's the price per gigabyte now? Uh, still hovering around about ten cents or so. Um, this, that's really good. Uh, ha- still hasn't sunk below. Mm-hmm, five or so. It was really close to about five cents per gig before the flood. Uh, uh, that back in Thailand there, and yep. I, and you know, I was just looking on Newegg, and I thought, well, why don't you go over to Amazon? And I pretty much found the same thing at Amazon. I've I've noticed Newegg and Amazon tend to have somewhat of the same price unless it's a the sale going on. Yeah. So and and Walmart and Best Buy. <laughs> so and I think the main problem is is that there are now uh, two major players left, uh, Seagate and Western Digital. So mm-hmm. like together they I, together they own about eighty percent of the market. I love Western Digital. Haven't ever had a hardware problem ever. Yeah, I've I'm mostly by Western Digital myself. Um, but, uh, so I'm thinking, okay, well, won't you check out, uh, uh, SSD prices? And I got sort of even more depressed. Um, so, uh, if you recall, I got a 512 gig SSD over the summer. Uh, mm-hmm. I got that for about $350. And, uh, even though it's like nine months later, uh, they're still selling for about three hundred, three hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> wow! Because they but were the- they were dropping like a rock, but it seems to have stopped. Oh, Andrew Bailey buying it 
Keep it the same. <laughs> How nice it feels like I'm not getting ripped off. Yep. Uh, were these the same solid state drives that were failing every month or so? Uh, or was that another company's solid state drive? Uh, from what I heard, it was every company's solid state drives were failing. Hmm. So, have they fixed that problem yet? Uh, I guess they might have, because mine's still going. Aw, <laughs> oh, crap, I jinxed myself. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chris. You're welcome. So you mentioned you had a website. Correct. Uh, do you know if it runs on WordPress? Uh, it does not want run on WordPress. It doesn't even have a login. Oh yeah, because you use that GoDaddy site builder. Yep. So and and it's just very basic for right now. Yep. Um. So, uh, this was I have an article here from November twenty eleven. Uh, that uh some guy uh, noticed that uh, he can access the uh, WP config file, um, you know, from, you know, all sorts of websites. Um, granted, this isn't, like, directly you need to put, uh, like, a, I think it's like a tilde or, like, a number sign or something on the end of it. Uh, he's looking for files that uh, text editors save as temporary files, but somehow the program doesn't delete them when it's uh, uh, disconnected or uh, exited hmm. and it uh, remained in the folder and either got uploaded or it was like actually edited on the server live um, so like he was going around to all these uh, websites and trying to pull down like uh, these temporary files and to in order to expose the database uh, credentials, um, so he uh, found out that uh, let's see he surveyed two hundred sixteen thousand three hundred ninety-one most popular websites according to Quantcast, uh, which is a web analytics uh, service, and he found two hundred thirty config files uh, were visible. Uh, uh, that's point uh, eleven percent of all websites on the internet, and he uh, used uh, uh, stats that say uh, thirteen point eight of the top ten thousand websites uh, run CMSs. Um, mm. uh, the most the most popular, which is WordPress, uh, and using that calculation, point seventy seven percent of websites. Uh, running a CMS are vulnerable to this. That's scary thought. So, so yeah, almost one percent uh, are exposing, you know, their stuff. And of course, he uh, did. He re uh, disclosed his findings responsibly, and uh, notified uh, you know these sites of their of this issue. Uh, you know, everyone who replied were extremely grateful. Um, and of course, after running his script, he, you know, securely deleted all these files he got, uh, nor did he attempt to use these credentials he discovered. That's good. 
So, and he also That's very good. He also uh uh, uh submitted this uh vulnerability to US CERT, uh which is the United States Computer Emergency Ready Readiness Team, uh which is like some government agency. Uh, unfortunately, they replied with, This issue is not the type of vulnerability class we are inclined to coordinate or publish on. So, hmm. you know, their government, what good are they? <laughs> uh, uh, y- y- you know them, they just like to do nothing, which reminds me of a joke I'll have to tell you. Um, so these three boys were talking about their fathers and how great they were. My 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 dad's so fast. You could shoot an arrow and he'll beat the arrow to the target. Oh yeah, my dad's so fast. You can shoot a gun and he'll beat the bullet to the target. Really? My dad's so fast. He gets off work at five o'clock and he's home by four. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> yep. Probably a government job. <laughs> so, and he said that he planned to submit reports with Apache, PHP, WordPress, and uh, Vim and Emacs as well. So, well, that's good for him. I hope I hope he gets a job or at least compensation for this. Um, he mentioned that several companies he contacted uh, offered me a free license to their software. Ooh, nice. So, he doesn't exactly say which ones, obviously. I would hope he keeps that a secret. Yep. So. Well, man, now I want to go out and find some issue. Help contribute to the internet safety. I got something to hate on. Alright. So, uh, you see this JavaScript down here? I do, and I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is without even running it. So, uh, for those of you listening, uh, this bit of JavaScript assigns false to a variable and uh, uh, runs a toString on that variable, assigns it to a temporary variable and then creates a new boolean uh, from that temporary variable and uh, then an alert. So, uh, what do you think that this test boolean is? My my guess is it's true. It comes out at the true value. Really? Have you you, uh, tried this out? No, I have not tried it out because should it be false, you would not have posted this in the first place. Well, that's a uh, brilliant uh, deduction there. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's it's something I use on ninety percent 
of the questions that are asked by professors or learning institute. What do you think this code does? It's not going to do what you expect it to do. So, yeah, apparently the string, F-A-L-S-E, uh, when shoved into a Boolean constructor in JavaScript, uh, turns out to be true. Um, I wonder who decided that this was okay. Uh, because I would like to stab them. This is not okay. False is never true. It should never be true. Um, because I incidentally discovered this while working on my company's platform. Um, so I'm in this script, and like I have this variable that's uh, either true or false, uh, that is the strings true or false. It's not actually literal booleans, I want to convert it to a literal boolean. Uh, but no matter what I did, it always turned out to be true. Mm. And I'm like, this checkbox, or no, it was a radio button, uh, that was submitting false to the server, but in the script it always turned out to be true. So, like, I went into the debugger and stepped through it, and I'm like, why? And I was this close to submitting like a like a form thread on you know the support website. Then I'm like, wait a second, this platform is essentially based on JavaScript. Shove that into a browser and see what it does. <laughs> and it was the same thing. So so how'd you get around it? Uh, I eventually went outside and you know. You know, made some stabbing motions. Uh, just kidding, I didn't do that. <laughs> um, I had to run a, you know, an actual check beforehand. You know, you know, actually, you know, typing it out. Uh, you know, like seeing if you know this string uh, is equal to some other string. So. Uh. So. So, so pretty much just doing an if statement, checking it, and then manually assigning a true value or a false value? Um, that or a ternary. True. So, um, I'm not exactly sure uh, what I, whatever came of this. I'm not sure if I even committed it or even if I even left it running. But, yeah. Hmm. Well, that's good. These, these kind of puzzles are always interesting. Mm-hmm. But they're so easy to do, to do this, what the answer is. So, yeah, I guess that, uh, you know, signifies that I'm learning JavaScript um, in that I found something that I hate in it. Hmm. And you haven't convinced your company to use Python yet? Nope. But uh, that's unfortunate. So, anyways, uh, Ryan uh, sent in a few things uh, from Again? last week. Yeah, he uh, usually does, and uh, he's I like the only he's like the only committed besides the troll to have committed anything. Yeah, but uh, Ryan does uh, send some rather interesting and valuable feedback. So. And he uh, mentions that on my phone, I have taken the phone app off my main screen and is only accept accessible by the app drawer. 
So he doesn't even use his phone to make phone calls? Yeah, that's sad. Uh, well, I hope an accident doesn't happen to him. Yeah. Where's the phone app? <laughs> Where's the 911 app? <laughs> no. and I, I wonder if there is an app for 911. I guess there has to be now. <laughs> so, and I uh, believe that uh, you, Chris, had mentioned, uh, you know, like one well, you know, stuff that was uh, like the applications that devices were originally used for. Like, when does that become uh, unimportant? <laughs> and yep. you know, I thought about you know computers themselves, in that they were originally designed to. Uh, like calculate uh, bullet trajectories and stuff, like artillery trajectories. Uh, mm-hmm. And so long as there's, you know, RTS games and FPS games, computers will still be doing that. Yep. <laughs> so uh, uh, he, uh, Ryan also mentions that uh, I have too much time on my hands or not enough actual computers. Because without a phone that is smart, I can't get my tech news. I was like, well, this might sound odd to him and everyone else, but I can still overdose on tech news without a smartphone. Uh, mm. uh, Q anger about post-PC, uh, Q anger about Apple, and so forth. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ryan mentions that Android can have a terminal, it's just not native, and he... Uh, links to something here on the Google Play Store. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that there was one out there. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Lisa's proves that it's possible, but I don't think that's an actual bash terminal. Um, if there is an actual bash terminal, uh, Buckface might be able to run my backup script. <laughs> so... And uh, uh, he wonders, uh, uh, how many years do you think it'll take for Firefox to, su- to support H.265? How many years will it take IE slash Chrome slash Opera slash Safari to uh, support it as well? Uh, nobody ever agrees on stuff like this, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I, I can tell you what needs to be done. Chrome needs to do it, and then make it mandatory for YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that is a rather good idea, but then again, Google is committed to interoperability, so it's not like it would be exclusively like that. Yep. So plus but there's think- plus there's all sorts of patents and fees and stuff like that uh, that has actually hindered H.264 adoption. True, so. and I and I've noticed that among uh, Blu-rays. Really. Yeah, well, like, if you don't have the latest software updates, you can't play the latest movies. And I actually had to go out and buy a new Blu-ray player because the previous one I had, the company quit making patches for it. So, but uh, those usually aren't video codecs. Because, uh, like, especially for Blu-ray players themselves, uh, that functionality has to be baked into the hardware itself. So, I mean, unless you have a heat sink and fan inside there and it eats hundreds of watts. <laughs> uh, and uh, I said that, uh, you know, it's kind of early to tell, 
Um, and I'm not even sure if it'll be an issue. Um, because, uh, especially looking back uh, on HTML4, that's all that we had for the longest time. And a lot of people were okay with that. Um, yep. Uh, even with even with HTML5, some people really don't even know the difference. Yeah. And uh, people still write stuff for HTML4, and they still get it wrong. Yep. See, Ryan mentions that he uses MP3 for the podcasts because literally can use it. I'm pretty sure that there is some noun missing in there. I use MP3 for the podcasts because literally can use it. AAC has much better quality, but I don't trust that literally everything can play it. Uh, I was talking to someone on Twitter a couple of months ago, and she said she wouldn't listen to anything that was 128k AAC. So there's one listener we don't have. Hold on, hold on. I think... So 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 we use MP3 for podcasts, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And she won't listen to anything that is ACC, right? Yeah. So I, I think I think it meant she wouldn't listen to anything that was not uh, 128 AAC. Okay, because that that would explain that we don't have an extra listener. <laughs> So, uh, further down in this email, he did mention that he composed this with Evernote uh, on one of his devices. One uh, of his devices? Yes, I I don't have the full email here. Uh, mm. But, uh, I, you know, for mass dis distribution, I agree MP3 is a no-brainer. Uh, but, uh, you know, unless you have a Linux, a retarded Linux distribution that doesn't have any sort of MP3 decoder, um, you can probably listen to it. Uh, personally, I love FLAC, the uh, free lossless audio codec. Uh, as mentioned, it is free and it is lossless, uh, meaning that uh, these... Lossless? Yes. So you know how MP3 and AAC and several other codecs uh, take uh, sound information out? of the file in order to squeeze it really small? Yeah. Okay, that's called lossy. Uh, FLAC uh, keeps the audio exactly the same. Okay. So it squeezes it down to approximately half, depending on what exactly the content is. Um, so, uh, like, I believe it was sometime last year that I decided that uh, all of my CDs should be re-encoded to FLAC, which <laughs> which isn't really a big thing. I mean, I only have about 20 or 30 or so CDs lying around, if that. So, mm. And if I can't have FLAC, I will choose uh, Vorbis. Video Orbit Radius it's by... Not a, it's, it's not an acronym. <laughs> You're, you're free to go about whatever you're doing, but Vorbis is not an acronym. So, and uh, most people, uh, well, a lot of people will be familiar with the term Og Vorbis, which is the uh, Vorbis format in a Og container. So, and uh, see, Ryan says that 4K uh, will happen a lot sooner than when you retire. Uh, when you're 70, it'll be the 2050s. 
Uh, by then, we won't be able to measure resolution in terms of Ks. And I sort of agree with that, because we will be blind to count them in terms of Ks. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think there is a certain point at which adding more resolution won't help. And uh, at certain uh, distances from televisions, we're already at that point. Yep. So, and uh, for certain screen sizes as well. It's all about the uh, visual acuity. Hmm. So, so, do you remember that terrorist button? Yes. Uh, yep, he said exactly. I go to all the EU government sites and any government sites in general and report it as terrorism. Also, all the mass media. <laughs> yep, I uh, totally said that. Uh, Ryan said that uh, Matt would click all, that uh, Matt would click every website, all of them. <laughs> So and can he actually click every website? I would like, I would like to give him that challenge to actually go and click every website. Uh, should it ever happen? Um, which uh, reminds, well, which sort of reminds me, uh, you recall Stack Overflow? Yep. Uh, let's see. I re I remember the podcast that they were doing when they were building that thing, and especially in the uh, beta uh, testing of that. Uh, so apparently they had this one guy that uh, when they, uh, it was like some sort of flagging feature uh, on Stack Overflow that, the, that it came out during the beta period. So they had this beta tester that would flag everything as <laughs> offensive. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm testing it. Does it work? <laughs> so whenever you have the chance to beta test something, Flag the hell out of everything. Though, <laughs> uh, so if the government did do this and Matt did go about doing all this, do you think he would actually be eventually blocked? Uh, he might. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure everyone would need to do that in order for the uh, boy who called Wolf Effect to take a hold <laughs> so, and uh, Ryan mentions that you still need IE to download Firefox and Chrome on uh, Windows 8. Um, and he uh, mentions stuff about uh, his mom using it to uh, VPN into uh, you know her job uh, for their secret apps and stuff. And uh, I add that it sucks that there's nothing like wget on a clean Windows install unless I'm missing something. Uh, then you wouldn't even need Internet Explorer. <laughs> or if you're like me, you get all the downloads before you install a new operating system. Yep, uh, especially the drivers. Yes. It kind of sucks to install Windows and realize that you forgot the Ethernet driver. <laughs> <laughs> I have been there, done that. Speaking of the drivers on my laptop... The the ne the Newmont laptops. Mm -hmm. So I have Windows Seven. It it has internet capabilities, but no graphic cards capabilities. Mm. Like it has the default, but I can't play any game whatsoever. Mm. Now I have Windows XP. It has the graphics card driver, but I can't find the internet driver. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, yeah, Ryan uh, mentioned that he didn't grow up much during the 90s. And uh, I add in even now that the 90s are sort of foggy to me, but uh, only in the latter half is the signal reliably clear. But it had and some awesome stuff. So, it's like only about 1994 or something do I really remember stuff. Hmm. Let's see, I think it's at the, yeah, the turn of the 19th century. The 19th no. century. <laughs> yeah, I, but the 1900s. The 1900s. <laughs> okay, you are getting your dates really messed up, or... Yep, ignore all of that. <laughs> so, uh... Hey, can you edit it out? I don't edit the show. Well, <laughs> I do, but I will leave that in. Yep. Uh, so Ryan adds that there's a documentary on Netflix about Helvetica. Really? Uh, yeah. Let me go find it. So, uh, let's see. Ryan also says that you need to keep the Schmidt troll as a running joke. Um, well, well we, we got him in twice today, so. So, yeah, we'll see what we can do about that. Uh, and, uh, as in, tick me off, indeed, ha, indeed, it is, Matt's. And nicknames are great. So, and, uh, let's see, says that, he says that he used the University of Minnesota's internet connection to use my backup script, and he said that, uh, all the do initial downloads should be finished on Mondays, uh, Apparently a lot of megabits, 400 megabits download, um, huh. and I uh, and I wonder what his actual download speed was, because I got 5 to 7 megabytes per second uh, for most of the podcasts when I downloaded them. Uh, the whole thing took maybe 15 or so minutes. Hmm. Interesting. So, and yes, like Chris is now on the contact form when you use the contact form. Uh, to submit. Uh, for instance, if anyone else would like to submit something, uh, if just to say, hey, I listened to your show, uh, we'd be glad to send a shout-out to you. Uh, you can do so by going to the-nexus.tv, click on the contact uh, in the heading, and make sure you choose the show control structure, and uh, leave your thoughts and your feelings if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, uh, both uh, me and Chris will uh, receive that. Mm hmm. So. Yeah. Looks like this Netflix interest Helvetica is really interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'll put it on my backlog. <laughs> so. Along with the other 40 or 50 shows. <laughs> So, uh, today is International Backup Awareness Day, so back up your stuff. <laughs> I've been deleting all my stuff. <laughs> so, and, uh, hi, Mom. Uh, apparently, my mom, who does not listen to this show, listened to this show. <laughs> so. Yep. I think it's time I said hi to my parents, too, since... They somewhat start listening to this show. Okay. Hi, yep. Chris's parents. 
<laughs> yeah, I need to go out to your parents' place again. That was a pretty nice city. Yep. So, unfortunately, uh, I've noticed that the bed there is kind of hard as a rock. And uh, the pillow as well. Uh, the bed, yes, but I don't really remember a pillow. Uh. Well, yeah, because you didn't sleep upstairs. Oh, well. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that seems to be it. So, see, I don't really have any uh, big things coming up this week, so... Mm, let's see, what do I got going on? Nothing. Hallelujah. So, yeah, you might be on the Innuendo show pretty soon. Mm. You know, I just barely remembered I had a mandatory meeting today at 4.30. And you left at 4? Yep. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so. Uh, Alright, so I guess uh, we'll do this again next week. So, yep, something like that. So, have a good one. Have a great one.